Six years ago, when I took the job as a school media aide, I can remember being very excited to give the library a makeover, to make it my own, a comfortable spot for younger kids, but also a cool, hip place where the older kids would want to hang out. I got rid of some of the old decorations, put up a few of my own, moved books around, and filled the room with as much fun as I could. I wasn't allowed to get too crazy because, well, we'd be leaving soon, moving the school away from an elementary school and into a giant middle school. There was one decoration left behind by the previous librarian that I couldn't figure out what to do with. Her name was Samantha. She was a doll, dressed in vintage school attire, sitting at a wooden desk with a tiny wooden apple inside of a tiny wooden basket. I decided to display her prominently on top of a bookshelf. Kids typically had two reactions. Younger girls loved her and wanted her. She was an American Girl doll, after all. An original, valuable, and coveted doll. Fourth and fifth graders, however, hated her, and I loved it. It was about the time when the movie Annabelle came out in theaters, and creepy dolls were all the rage. When I'd remember to, I'd change her position ever so slightly from one week to the next. Students would swear that she'd blink or tilt her head. It became such a thing during classroom library times that I thought I caught her moving a couple of times myself. Then it came time to move schools. I had the daunting task of packing up an entire library to be moved to our new school. We'd be going from a regular K-5 elementary to a new fancy K-8 STEAM school. Everything would be technology-themed. I was informed by the principal that there would be no stuffed animals or dolls coming along on the trip. The library needed to be techy. It was no longer a library or even a media center. I'd be in charge of the iCenter. So at the time of the move, it just so happened that my daughter was very into American Girl dolls, or at least the target version of American Girl dolls. I thought, whoever owned this doll didn't want it anymore, I'll let Caitlin have it. Unfortunately, she didn't love Samantha. Never really played with her much, and the doll sat in the basement until I found her well into the next school year. I double-checked with Caitlin, made sure she no longer wanted her. She told me it was creepy, so I brought it to the new school. I wasn't sure what to do with Samantha. I didn't want to just set her out in the open where kids would touch it or break it. Plus, I still didn't have much of a say when it came to how the new library space was decorated. That's when a fun idea was formed. Hide her. Somewhere in the library. Move her occasionally. Don't say a word until kids start to notice. But Nathan, what if the little kids see her? It could scare them. Well, let's just hope they don't. Originally, I hid her too well. Nobody noticed her. But then, one day, a pair of kids noticed. I played dumb, as equally surprised as them at the sight of our little friend. Well, I haven't seen her since we were at the old school. Maybe she followed us. Some kids played along. Some kids tried to spoil it for everyone. Some kids were never exactly sure what to think. I made a mistake early on, though, when someone asked me her name. It's... Uh, Susan, I told them. So gone was Samantha, a sweet, intelligent, old-timey schoolgirl. Here we had Susan, the haunted doll, who followed us to our new school, feeling slighted by me leaving her behind. And now she wanted revenge. Soon enough, rumors spread. Kids swore they saw her moving or blinking. I'd forget to move her one week and they'd be sad. I also noticed that kids would try to touch her or get to her. Since that wasn't safe and I didn't want her stolen, 
I decided that what Susan needed was the threat of a curse. Like with the name mix-up, I was put on the spot one day and had to come up with something fast. Oh no, don't touch her, or let her touch you, I said. Why? they asked. Well, because if you do, you'll receive, uh, she'll curse you with, hmm, never-ending diarrhea. Ew, said some of them. Awesome, said others. And it stuck. When COVID came along, Susan sometimes appeared in the background of my videos for the kids. I tried to keep her spirit alive as best I could. With the kids back in school this past year, Susan has made her return and is currently moving around the ceiling, delighting children with her disapproving stare and threats of never-ending diarrhea. Please know that while this may seem mean, it's done out of love for the kids. I like giving them something they might remember when they get older, something to laugh about and wonder about. I've had kids want to create stories about Susan. I've had students create Susan-themed artwork. And yes, unfortunately, in the process, I've scared a few kids. It's those times when I have to scramble and set the record straight before they get home to their parents and I get an angry email. A few months back, while one of our wonderful second grade teachers, Mrs. Cloft, had her class in the eye center, I had one such incident. I needed to quickly explain to the kids the background of the story, that it was all pretend, and that there was nothing to be worried about. The magic was gone. Susan was Samantha again. But then yesterday... I saw them all gathered below her, talking about her, teasing her, and giggling. They wanted to still believe, or maybe they weren't sure what to believe. So I asked them. The following is an actual interview with some of my friends from Mrs. Clough's second grade class. All right, everybody say, hi, Susan. Hi, Susan! <laughs> what do you think about Susan? Mm, creepy. Yeah. Do you believe in her? Yes. What will she do if you touch her? Um, poke you. <laughs> Ooh, it's possible. Do you believe in Susan? No. Why not? Because she's creepy and she doesn't really move. <laughs> you know you've seen her not move? Yes. Have you ever actually seen her move? No. Most kids say that if you stare long enough, she might blink. I don't believe that. All right, we'll go stare at her and see what happens. What do you think about Susan? She's a creepy doll oh my God, with a creepy face blinked. and a creepy and creepy everything. Oh, yeah, she yeah, she's creepy all around. She blinked. See, uh, young man, are are you afraid of Susan? Yes. Why? Because she doesn't move and she stares me in the eyes and I don't like it. <laughs> oh. okay. She did blink. What do you think about Susan? She's creepy, and if you look into stare at her long enough, she'll move. That's pretty true. Have you heard the curse, what Susan gives you if you touch her? I don't know. Infinite poops. <laughs> yeah. Do you believe in Susan? No. Why? Because she's a doll and she's creepy. But you don't believe in her. No. All right, does she haunt your dreams at night? No. Okay. Hi. Do you believe in Susan? No. Why not? She's creepy. <laughs> I don't know. You just don't? You don't think that uh, an American Girl doll could have inherited the spirit of an evil monster? Nah. Okay. How about you? 
I don't think she is creepy. You don't? She is very creepy. Is it because <laughs> maybe creepy. you'd like to marry Susan? No. Are you sure? No. Yes. <laughs> She's currently single. I still don't want to. Are you saying that Susan is ugly? No. Good, good answer. Yes! Take her home. <laughs> She's ugly. She's ugly. She's ugly. She's ugly. Do you believe in Susan? No. Why not? Because she's creepy. That's not a reason to not believe in something. Still creepy? Yes. Yes. Still, still creepy. 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 All right, thank you. Do you yes. What is she? Is she like a doctor? What? She's wearing an old-timey vintage outfit, I think. I think she's a girl from the past. What? Shining twin. Oh, she does look like a shining twin. How do you know about the shining twins? Because once we were the shining twins, Ava and me. Oh, you and Ava. That's a great costume. I'd like to see pictures. Um, what, does she have a job? In- uh, her job is just to scare you. Uh, make her disappear. Okay. So as you can hear, they aren't really afraid of Susan, and that's okay. They're in on my little secret and have sworn not to tell anyone. You may be asking, what is the story of a middle-aged man with too much time on his hands and an old American girl doll have to do with this episode? Well, in other schools and other parts of the country and world, sometimes the hauntings aren't so innocent. Episode 38, Scary Schools and Haunted Hallways. The idea that schools can be scary places is an often used theme in horror movies, television, and books. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Carrie, Final Destination, The Faculty, as well as Cole's School in The Sixth Sense. All examples where places of learning become hotspots for masked murderers and ghosts. In my library at school, I have titles like Eerie Elementary, The Teacher from the Black Lagoon, as well as various Goosebumps and American Chiller titles. Aside from Susan, our school also has a semi-creepy elevator, and out of all the lower elementary lockers in the school, only one has a padlock on it, and that's locker 666. Let's take a look at some school hauntings that really pack a punch. We'll begin in Japan. On June 30th, 2014, the school day at Yanagawa High School started off just like any other day. Yanagawa is a private school within the Fukuoka Prefecture. Around 10 a.m. that day, a first-year female student began screaming in the middle of class, complaining that she was unable to move her body. It wasn't long before several of her female classmates showed the exact same symptoms. Other students began taking to Twitter, documenting the events with their thoughts and photos. Our school, now over 15 people are dropping like flies. The girls are saying things like, kill me and die. It's too crazy. We're on standby in the classroom. As neighboring classes began to swarm the area, more and more girls met the same fate, unable to move their bodies, screaming out and focusing on one corner of the room. As faculty watched the number increase from 5 to 15 to well over 20 students, 
they tried to make sense of what was happening. The most popular theory was that this was the result of a recent class trip. Every year, the first-year students at Yanagawa High School went on a field trip to nearby Mount Hiko. There had been rumors for decades that the nearby Aburagi Dam was inhabited by the spirit of a young, headless girl. The prevailing thought was that one of the students, perhaps the first to become afflicted, had become possessed by the ghost during her class's recent trip. The headless spirit then hitched a ride with the girl and came home with her. Rumors are going around that an evil spirit was brought back from the mountain, tweeted one student. Depending on which story you read, either 26 or 27 girls were sent home with their guardians, who in some cases had to physically carry the girls out. The school shut down completely by 1 p.m. and stayed closed the following day to allow time for a full police investigation. Follow-up stories are impossible to find, and the tweets have since been taken down. I was able to find a couple of photos from the day. I'll post them on curator135.com. In a similar story that took place just a few months later in the nearby Philippines, a ghost took ownership of more than a dozen female students. On the gorgeous island of Cebu, a young girl panicked after she claimed to see a ghost of a small child. She then fainted. Thirteen other girls claimed to also see the ghost and then joined her in fainting. Fourteen students in total were then rushed to the local priest, Monsignor Frederick Kriekenbeek, who specialized in exorcisms. The girls, who were students of Tuong Integrated School, all woke up after the ceremony was performed. Another incident with four girls from a different school had happened just a month before. Kriekenbeek was busy. Ghostly possession is a common fear amongst Filipinos, but as things were looked into, like with the case in Japan, Mass hysteria seemed to be the most rational answer. In the small southern African country of Swaziland, which as of 2018 changed its name to Eswatini, the Mgotjen Primary School was infected with an evil that tormented students and staff alike. In 2013, a female teacher refused to return to school after claiming that evil spirits had attacked her there. Not long after, another teacher vacated his living quarters at the school after reportedly feeling unsafe. The teacher reported hearing one of his colleagues shouting that four short men were trying to strangle him. These short men then entered his room, and after failing to strangle him, kicked him, and held his face down into his bed to try and stop his breathing. Students at the school were dealing with terrifying experiences of their own. Three girls went into the bathroom, and while two used the toilet, the other stood by the door and waited. The students inside the bathroom stalls began hearing something screaming from inside the toilets, angered that the girls were relieving themselves on it. The voice became so loud that the girl near the door could hear it, and all three ran out of the bathroom, covering their ears. Many parents and some of the other staff members thought that the stories were all made up, but more and more stories kept being reported. The school closed down and a prayer service involving staff, parents, and students was held outside the school. A local police inspector named Kalani Mamba reported that police were called in to monitor the situation at the school. He felt that there was little they could do because the incident was more spiritual and they would leave everything to pastors to handle. Within the Tonk district of the state of Rajasthan in western India, Three young students were drawn to a bathroom by the spirit of a girl. Once in the bathroom, the ghost apparently tried to shove the girls towards the toilets, causing all three to faint at the exact same time. When news spread of the attempted spectral swirlies, 
Roughly 170 students refused to go to school for a week. Villagers from far and wide came to the school in an attempt to religiously shoo away whatever was haunting the government school. During these ceremonies, one of the villagers was apparently possessed by the deity Tejaji, which, through the villager, then warned parents that they must perform puja on a regular basis to ensure that the school remained free of evil. Tejaji is a folk deity believed in by the people of Rajasthan, a man who lived in the 12th century. Puja is a worship ritual performed by Hindus, Buddhists, and Jains to offer devotional homage and prayer to one or more deities. Tejaji claimed that the reason for the evil penetrating the school barriers was because Puja had not been performed in over two months before the bathroom incident with the three students. At the school's temple, almost 300 villagers performed the heck out of some puja, and things seemed to clear up afterwards. Back in the United States, we have our own wealth of school ghost stories. In 2013, Steve Elwood, the principal of Lee Williams High School in Kingman, Arizona, spoke to the Los Angeles Times. Principal Elwood took the reporter down a narrow passageway that led towards a half-sized door into a windowless room below the school. The room isn't used for anything, and no one knows why it's there. Teachers like to joke with students that it's where they send kids for detention. The threat seems to work. Kingman, Arizona, in its heyday, was a bustling frontier town. Students and staff believe that residents from that era are the ones still haunting the school today. Unfortunately, part of the school is situated on what used to be the old Pioneer Cemetery. When the school was being built, 11 graves, 7 coffins, and numerous artifacts were uncovered. They moved the coffins and just kept building. I'd be a pretty bummed out ghost too. People claim to see women and men dressed in attire from that time lurking in the hallways. Lights flicker, alarms are tripped, footsteps and giggling is heard after hours. While some were skeptical, the school's janitor at the time believed all of it. He reported that while cleaning the girls' bathroom late at night, he heard someone in the boys' bathroom. He's heard the voice of a young girl that wants to go outside to play. He's heard groups of kids mumbling to each other in certain locked rooms of the school. Perhaps the scariest place on the school's property is the football field. Underneath the field was a large chunk of the former cemetery. When the burial ground was relocated in 1944, people needed to pay to have their family members moved. With a mixture of Native Americans and long-forgotten ancestors, many people were left behind. Nearby tribal elders blessed the found graves and bodies, as well as the construction crew members that accidentally dug them up. The hope was that the blessings would send the spirits home, instead of lurking around the school. In 2005, Hurricane Katrina ripped apart New Orleans. For those that don't remember, Hurricane Katrina was a massive Category 5 Atlantic hurricane that caused the deaths of over 1,800 residents and an estimated $125 billion in damage. New Orleans, a city already known for its ghosts, also saw an uptick in disgruntled spirits thanks to the hurricane. Sophie B. Wright School was at first a high school for girls, opened in the early 1900s. It morphed into a free night school for men and boys who had to work during the day after that, before becoming Sophie B. Wright Middle School. During Hurricane Katrina, the school was evacuated of all students and staff and became a staging area and living quarters for the National Guard. Things were devastating outside, but it seems that things inside the school weren't much better. There was a sergeant who reported seeing the ghost of a little girl standing in a doorway. 
A specialist who watched a shadow the size and shape of a little girl visit her while in the bathroom. Another guardsman opened up a closet containing cleaning supplies and was surprised to find a little girl laughing at him. Things got so bad that a chaplain was called out in an attempt to rid the school of its apparitions. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you, Satan, to leave the dark areas of this building, were the words he repeated over and over throughout the school. As of today, the Sophie B. Wright School is now a charter school for middle and high school age kids. Things seem to be okay, which means that the exorcism worked, or that the National Guardsmen were overworked, exhausted, and just seeing and hearing things. At the Julia F. Callahan Elementary School in Lynn, Massachusetts, staff and students for decades have claimed that the ghost of their school's namesake has resided within its walls. Callahan was born in Salem, Massachusetts in 1861. She moved to Lynn as a small child and remained there for more than 50 years, serving as both a teacher and a principal. Callahan founded the Parent Teacher Association after hosting four teachers and 30 parents in her home in 1895. In 1926, she was presented with a gold medal and certificate from Calvin Coolidge in honor of all the work she'd done in education. The Julia F. Callahan Elementary School opened in 1952, which was the same year she died at the age of 92. Year after year, more and more rumors surfaced that Miss Callahan was roaming the hallways and keeping an eye on the children. Staff members believe that the evidence is there. Claims of library doors slamming, odd whistling, and sightings of her ghostly figure are frequent. How she died is a large part of the storytelling by students. Some say that a bookcase fell on her. Others believe she suffered a heart attack in her office or that she fell off the roof. The newspaper articles I found said she died peacefully in her home because she was, well, 92. A former principal at the school believed that kids need imagination and that the spirit of Julia Callahan residing in the school was a good thing. Students claim to hear the clicking of her heels or rustling in the attic even today. According to an article from the Anchorage Daily News, there's a lady in white who haunts the old auditorium of West High School in Anchorage, Alaska. For decades, the woman in white has been spotted amongst the darkened rows of seats, darting through corridors, hiding backstage, or in the basement halls. I'm going to stop here for a second and say basements in schools are an awful idea. Numerous school officials, students, staff, and parents have reported seeing and hearing the woman in white. Others have reported seeing a second specter, the ghost of a long-deceased former janitor. Lights switch on and off, and sometimes his form can be seen sweeping the hallways. There's a basement vault below the auditorium that the students refer to as Hell. The room was formerly used as the school's rifle range. Nowadays, it's filled with costumes and props. At one point, years ago, a girl helping with a show opened a door into a tiny side room and was shocked to see a strange man glaring at her. She screamed, and by the time help came, the figure was gone. In the city of Lambertville, New Jersey, high on a hill, sat what some considered the most haunted school on the East Coast. Lambertville High was built in 1854, at the time housing both elementary and high school students. In the late 1800s, it became solely a high school for kids in grades 9 through 12. In 1926, it was renovated, almost tripling its size. By 1959, the school was closed and the property was sold off. In 1992, while sitting vacant, 
It was gutted by fire courtesy of an arsonist. It long served as the type of dangerous and eerie hangout spot that kids look for. Rumors spread and darkened, as rumors tend to do, but the two major stories that gave Lambertville High its reputation are as follows. According to legend, the original building was renovated in 1926 because a horrific fire tore through the school claiming the lives of 150 students and teachers. Some quick research finds no results for any fires at schools throughout all of New Jersey in the 1920s. The story that's harder to disprove is the one involving the death of a football player from Lambertville's rivals, the New Hope Buckeyes. Apparently, during their annual Turkey Bowl game in 1935, Lambertville and New Hope were tied at 21 as the third quarter began. A New Hope wide receiver cut a long pass and was tackled. He never got up. The tackle had broken his neck, turning his head almost completely around. The game was forfeited, and due to parents protesting, New Hope never played football again. Ever since then, people claim to get awful, sickening feelings when they are near the spot of the football field where the boy died. If the deceased football player's name is shouted, evil red eyes surrounded by a mist appear. A voice will challenge you to a hundred-yard dash where the loser dies. As of 2012, the school was torn down, but what happened to the ghosts of the 150 school kids or the phantom football player is unknown. More recently, a school in Cork, Ireland made the news with a pair of closed-circuit security camera snippets reportedly showing a ghost causing mayhem in the hallways late at night. The videos from 2017 are truly spooky, and many places, including Snopes.com, have worked hard to debunk them. The principal denies any crafty editing and mentions that the school is built upon the grounds that were formerly used to hang people. The biggest problem with the story is that the videos were released right before their big Halloween party that they were advertising for. The two videos gained a combined 25 million views for the school that has since been renamed. I'll post links to the videos on my website, curator135.com. Researching and sharing all of these stories has led me to one big conclusion. Susan and I need to step up our game. Kids like to believe. They like to be creeped out a little bit. It's good for their imaginations. You guys will back me up if I start getting letters from angry parents, right? How about you? Any terrifying stories from your school? I'd love to hear them. Email me at curator135 at gmail.com. Thank you to all the patrons supporting the show on Patreon. I couldn't do this without you guys. Thank you to Dave, David, Jim, Marie, Laura, and Vicky for being part of the team. I'd also like to welcome in Chris, our newest member to the family. If you'd like to become a patron of this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash curator135. There's three tiers of support, or you can name your own donation. Please like, follow, and subscribe to Curator135 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you enjoyed this or any of my other podcast episodes, don't forget to leave a five-star review. It really helps. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, be good to one another and be creative. The world needs you. One, four, three.